Father, Jesus Christ. Praise be Jesus Christ. Please be seated. And Moses went out into the desert and he raised a cross with a snake in it and all was saved. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on that. This gospel is full of imagery about salvation, which pre, 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 uh, is a precursor to the coming of the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. So first of all, sin came into the world and Adam and Eve were tempted by a serpent. And he, she thought the serpent was very beautiful. And so it was. It was like jeweled. And the prophets tell us and the fathers but uh, that uh, it was cursed to crawl on the soil, on the ground, and it sort of lost its beauty. After Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. And of course, Satan told her that if you would eat of this fruit, you'll be like God. Grave sin of presumption, is that not? Now, salvation came to the Jews through the raising of this cross in the desert. And the thing that was destroyed was evil by the raising of this cross with the snake on it. They were freed from poison. And of course, the poison is always sin. Now, the gospel says further that uh, Christ was raised on the cross and salvation came to the world. This cross was the cross of Jesus Christ's death, the tree of the cross. And salvation was his death on the cross. And through his salvation, his death on the cross, we are all saved. So, tipos, in the Old Testament, prefigurement and fulfillment in the new gospel in the life of Christ. Now, I don't know what the Israelites thought about that. But this is what the evangelist told us in today's gospel. And I don't know what you've been thinking about that along your life as a Christian, what it really meant. But it means that salvation comes through Christ's death on the cross. And the glory of God shines around us, especially in the sacraments, and we are saved. Now, this week, There'll be, the feast will be on Thursday, the 14th. And the 14th of September is a very special day for the monks because it's the 14th of September that uh, 10 years ago that we were, came here to establish the monastery. Preliminary work had been done, 
so we didn't come to an empty lot, but we came, physically moved in. So this week, Bishop Kurt called me, or I called him on another matter. He says, congratulations on the 10th anniversary of your monastery. I was very impressed because I didn't think the bishop would even know that, that he would remember that. So much on his hands and on his mind, but he did. And I was very grateful to him, and I share that joy with you. So on the feast day itself, we will have liturgy here in the temple at 11 a.m. Poison, sin is poison to us. The venom of a snake is dangerous to us. Interestingly enough, this snake that was put on the stake of the cross was to be our salvation. For the comes to Christ at the place of the stake and is on the cross when he was crucified, and he became medicine for the whole world. Hope for the whole world. Salvation for the whole world. Christ is our deliverer. Interesting, two very hateful things were used in our salvation. Snakes and the wood of the cross which was for criminals. And Christ died on the cross, and he turned his death into salvation for the whole world, destroying the poison of all which came through original sin. I think sometimes the fathers tell us that we should remember every day to call to mind death, that we have not here a lasting city. And uh, it's not a happy thought. None of us really want to die. It's unusual for people who want to die. The question is that, and he came to deliver us from death. And his deliverance from death was that by his own death, his ascension into heaven to the right hand of the Father. That's all a part. And he gives us the bread of life in the Holy Eucharist. And he showed us he had triumphed over death by his resurrection. It's all a beautiful piece. Why, was he did, why did he do that for us? Out of love. He knew what it meant to die in his human body, but not, of course, he's a hypostatic union, but he's always God. And the divine part of him never knew death. But he suffered and died in his human nature. He shared that with us. And he did that because he wanted to deliver us from this trial. So now, at least the monks, they embrace the cross and they live an ascetical life to make sure that their life is worthy of salvation. So Jesus says, if you love me, and we should love him, he died for us, 
gave us the holy sacraments of the church. He said, if you love me, he says, you'll keep my commandments. So all the days of our life we should walk on earth observing the commandments of the Lord. And they're not all explicit. There's many, many implications in the commandments that have to be learned and taught. But the way we mount the cross is by penance, self-discipline, and falling in love with God. And of course, the food for the journey is the Holy Eucharist. It's the banquet. All these things are brought to us through the heaven and passion, death, and resurrection and bring us salvation. So this week, as we think of this great feast day of the exaltation of the Holy Cross, it actually means to exalt the cross. Don't think of it as a the suffering that went on in the cross, but think of it as it became the tool of salvation. Because when you were baptized, at least in the Byzantine rite, the priest put a little cross on you. And uh, you're supposed to wear that, and that's your token of uh, liberty, salvation. Christians, they marked their buildings, their public buildings, and holy things they had in the house, and their clothes and things, with this holy cross, because it was a sign of their salvation, their victory. Sometimes I see people wearing all sorts of jewelry, but not the holy cross. They should wear that. They're Christians. We frequently bless ourselves with the sign of the Holy Cross. So think about the sign of the Holy Cross in the Byzantine right? You have these three, these three fingers together, the thumb and the two first fingers, and the two other two fingers are in the palm of your hand. That's the Nicene Creed. It represents the Holy Trinity in the Incarnation which was further taught to us by the Nicene Creed. And so we, we bless ourselves, we're blessing ourselves in the Nicene Creed, the Holy Cross. A lot of people bless themselves when they're in danger, they're frightened, or they bless people that like babies before they go to sleep at night, helping them to get through the night well, hoping for holiness in that child. The child is baptized with the holy water, baptismal water, in the sign of the cross three times. The life-giving trinity comes into that child with his grace. So it affects everything we do as Christians. It's a very ancient custom. We're taught to us by our fathers in the early church. Some people do not say they're Christian, but they do not use the sign of the cross. And they particularly say, well, we're not going to use it because the Catholics do. But the Catholics are their older brothers and sisters who brought all the Christianity to them by the time of the fourth century. So we should rejoice in the cross and glorify it. 
So remember, they have in Rome a cross, the Cruz Gemini. It's a cross that's covered with jewels. And uh, we sort of keep our crosses nice. We go clean them and we put them in church and things like that. And women have sometimes very beautiful crosses with jewels. That's to glorify the cross. Not just because it's a trinket or something pretty. It is pretty. Now I have in the monastery we have a relic of that same cross that Jesus died on. And uh, frequently the monks venerate that and we put it out. We keep it in a safe place but we put it out for these great feast days. If I remember, I'll bring it into the church on the feast day. The church is rich in harmony with the salvation of the Holy Trinity, which was wrought for us when the Father sent the Son. He walked the earth, he taught us the gospel, and he died on the cross. In Jesus Christ's death, you're not only saved, but you're glorified and part of his very body, the mystical body of Christ. The cross is always with you. Fear not, little thought. You have a great defender in the Lord. Keep your cross close to you. I remember when many times hearing confessions, People were frightened and, or they were having a particular problem with the sin or something. I say, get your cross, put it under your pillow and sleep with it at night. Keep it close at hand. Ultimately, we're all going to fall asleep in the Lord. If we've lived a good life, we should not fear that. But when a priest is buried, they have a priest, you know, I keep a special cross on the altar for blessings. The priest is buried, the blessing cross is put in his hands. The monk is buried, he has a plain wooden cross which he brings to the monastery with him when he starts his life of living his life on the cross. And after that long life of prayer and penance for all of us, when he dies, the priest takes that same cross and puts it in his hands, his key to heaven. Your key to heaven is the glory of the cross and he who died upon it. It is your most sure insurance for the blessing of God. Think about these things I tell you today. Make them part of your spirituality. In your home or your room, your icon corner, keep your cross. Keep one by your bed. And wear your cross. It's your great badge of victory. And love it and enjoy it and be assured that this cross you will be saved. If you notice carefully in the church, everything the priest does, he does in the sign of the cross. Because Christ is remembered in that sign of the cross, his power is invoked, and grace comes to the earth and salvation. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.